Proctologist is never gonna believe I didn't do this to myself. Oh, cool. I love stupid bullshit like this. You got some great moves, Todd. You dance like a white man, and I love it. All right. And see what my little decibel action is looking like here, buddy chief, winecellarmedia.com. Uh, definitely, if you go to winecellarmedia.com now, I was, because again, it, it was a news and comment program. I still do news and comment. We're going to look at a little news this here moaning as well, but I'm a fucking podcaster, so I made the, um, the homepage a static podcast page of just the latest episodes, and then, of course, whenever I do something new where it makes like a new blog-style post an article blog style post that'll be linked in the privately owned social media that can be accessed the search bar is still there right old archives can still be found but the homepage for winecellarmedia.com it's just the podcast homepage now no longer the latest um like newsy post because some of those are not podcasts they're literally just um sometimes like uh, information from different articles and links to those articles so that folks can check out what I is be reading because I don't read books. I just don't want to. <laughs> All right. And we are live on the face booze right now. Uh, won't be able to uh, look at the archive chat space, which at 541 a.m. I'm not expecting it to have any action. And also because... Uh, I have no co-host or co-producer here. Uh, my niece is interested in co-producing. I'll have to um, get another audio jack, a USB to a USB audio jack, and I can set that whole business up. And she can definitely help me with that. And now I want to look at the Thwaites Glacier. Okay, right. I'm like Alex Jones now. I got a stack of stack of articles here. No, I don't. No, I have two two articles, <laughs> December and January. Right, December 13th. All right, um, Antarctica's Thwaites Glacier is retreating rapidly as a warming ocean slowly erases its ice from below, leading to faster flow, more fracturing, and a threat of collapse. Right, you notice how when something is eroding away, the closer it is to the end, the faster that erosion can finish happening? Right, you ever be um like spraying off a surface, right? Maybe an outside surface with a water hose, or if you have at the kitchen sink the little extender hose where you can pull the little trigger and spray uh whatever's on your plate off down the drain. And the closer you get to the end, that shit starts going fast. Yeah, that happens outside of your home and in nature too. Or nature being affected by capitalism, as it were. All right, let's uh, continue on. So, the glacier is the size of Florida or Britain, 
and currently contributes 4% of uh, contributes 4% of annual global sea level rise currently 4% but it could there could be some problems because you see if it does collapse global sea levels would rise by several feet putting millions of people living in coastal cities in danger zones for extreme flooding right it's not like the glacier just sinks and then oh fuck we're all flooded no the glacier sinks the water goes up and we're gonna get to those numbers the water goes up then what happens tide rolls in it's gonna go too fucking far all right storms come right remember how hurricane sandy put the game down in other recent storms in more recent years a lot of news right hard to keep up with climate change news now we're going between flood wildfire flood wildfire holy shit polar vortex how did that happen well it must be in climate change is a hoax no the polar vortex is more wobbly and we get jet streams <coughs> in this hemisphere more often excuse me now thwaites is the widest glacier in the world quote again thwaites is the widest glacier in the world that means this planet and that quote is from ted scambos a senior research scientist a nerd at the cooperative institute for research in environmental sciences c-i-r-e-s cooperative institute for research in environmental sciences or sires if you will uh Ted Scambos continues saying it's doubled its outflow speed within the last 30 years. All right. So from Snoop Dogg with the flat top to Snoop Dogg with the receding hairline doubled its outflow (laughs) for you 90s kids out there. And it would and it could lead to even more sea level rise up to 10 feet if it draws the surrounding glaciers with it if it draws the surrounding glaciers with it let's move forward a bit more scambos is the u.s lead coordinator for the international thwaites glacier collaboration itgc this team uh, comes of just under 100 scientists funded by the U.S. National Science Foundation and the U.K. Natural Environment Research Council dedicated to studying the vulnerable glacier. Just that one glacier. And why? Because it's the biggest one on the fucking planet. And if it pulls other glaciers around it with it, sea level rise goes up 10 motherfucker feet. I don't know about you, but I'm like five foot seven or eight or some shit. <clears throat> and I'm a land mammal. Continuing. Um, Thwaites Glacier Tongue. All right. Uh, Thwaites uh, sits in West Antarctica, flowing, uh, flowing across 120 kilometers um, stretch of frozen coastline. A third of the glacier along its eastern side flows uh, more slowly than the rest. It's braced by a floating ice shelf 
a floating extension of the glacier that is held in place by an underwater fucking mountain. The ice shelf acts like a brace that present that prevents faster flow of the upstream ice. It acts as a brace, a dam, if you will, being eroded by capitalist heat. But the brace of the ice uh, flowing thwaites won't last for long, says Aaron uh, Petit, P-E-T-I-T-T. I'm guessing that's Petit, could be Petit. Aaron Petit, an associate professor, a nerd at the Oregon State University. All right, I'm going to continue on listening to these fucking geeky ass nerds. Now, a little bit more from here off this article from December 13th and watching that clock. It's 547 in the a.m. I got to go run around and slip on an oily floor soon here, buddy. Now, uh, warm water is also a threat for the so-called grounding zone, the area where the glacier lifts off the seabed, says Peter Davis, a physical oceanographer at the British Antarctic Survey, nerd. Davis and his team use hot water to drill access holes from the ice shelf surface to the ocean cavity, hundreds of meters below. They have found that the ocean waters in the grounding zone are warm by polar standards and salty and generate prime conditions for melting the ice shelf from beneath. Right, so it's going to thin it out, and then the top has nothing left to rest on. Falls the fuck in. Let's go take a look at Peter Washam, a research associate at Cornell University, also studies the grounding zone because he's a nerd. His team lowered a remote control underwater robot through the borehole to take measurements of the ocean ice and seafloor in this region. They mapped these properties up to the point where the ice and the seafloor came in contact. Washam, nerd, describes the grounding zone as chaotic with warm water, rugged ice, and a steep sloping bottom that allows the water to quickly melt the ice sheet from below. So nerdy Peter Washam adds to it melting from below that it can quickly melt from below. Quickly. I'm going to sit here in front of you and say, in under a decade, this glacier goes down. Don't know if it's going to pull the ones down under it. It's going down. 2022 right now. By 2032, that glacier is out of BISness. God damn. And I would be 48 years old. Under the age of 50, I will have gone from making my first call on a rotary phone to watching the largest glacier on the planet fucking fall in. Holy shit. I don't know if we need those kind of problems. So, uh, this article continues with another subheading. Peter Washam's field team after a successful dive. Uh, Upstream of this line of flotation, the researchers have found that the water is actually pumped under the ice sheet a short distance by tides. Lizzie Klein, an adjunct professor, adjunct, so they don't pay her shit, an adjunct professor at Lewis and Clark College, a nerd, and their study team. Okay, so Lizzie Klein has their 
so I don't we don't we don't have uh, uh, binary pronouns here. And their study team, the title of uh, pumping mechanism that physically forces warm water between the ice and bedrock at Thwaites, the floating portion of the glacier rises and falls with the tides, and that motion acts like a lever. Interesting. Let's look at this again. Their team, they study the tidal pumping mechanism that physically forces warm water between the ice and bedrock at Thwaites. The floating portion of the glacier rises and falls with the tides. So that fucker is going up and down like a water pump. Like, think like, um, like, say you're gardening and you go down to the Home Depot or something and you get one of the, like, you, you want to more expeditiously be able to water several hanging plants at the same time or something. And you get one of those air pump ones that you fill with the water. They're saying the glacier is functioning like that. So it, it it's uh, a fucking uh, a global mechanism? So the tidal pumping mechanism that physically forces warm water between the ice and the bedrock. The floating portion of the glacier rises and falls with the tides. And that motion acts like a lever pumping water under the ice sheet. Holy shit. So from Peter Washam, we got it. It's going to warm more quickly from Lizzie Klein. No descriptive um, uh, binary pronoun, just there. Lizzie Klein is showing us that this floating mechanism goes up and down and pushes this shit through. Mm-mm. Pumping the water under the ice sheet. Also downstream, the, uh, downstream of the grounding zone on the bottom of the floating ice shelf constant stretching and melting is rapidly creating long channels through the ice where water can flow impacting the long term stability of the ice shelf said Lizzie Klein alright let's go on over to Ann Crawford a postdoctoral researcher at the University of St. Andrews and her team Ann Crawford is a nerd. All right. And so as Thwaites re- as, as the Thwaites retreats upstream and into the ice sheet, it may form very tall ice cliffs at the ocean front. And so Ann Crawford and her team are using a computer modeling to study ice cliff failure, a process by which ice can break off the ends of the glacier into the open ocean. The process can take on many forms, but all of them could lead to very rapid retreat of a massive glacier. Excuse me. The bedrock shape of the West Antarctica makes the region vulnerable to rapid retreat ice, um, rapid retreat uh, via ice cliff failure. Again, pieces falling the fuck off the ends. Now, as increasingly tall cliffs could be exposed as the ice threats, this could lead to a chain reaction of fracturing, resulting in collapse, said Crawford. A challenge for the team is assessing if, when, and how fast this might occur, but major ice loss is possible within several decades or centuries. All right, they're more optimistic than me. I'm saying under a decade. I don't have a lot of hope. All right, and so we go back to Ted Scambos to close out with a quote. 
If Thwaites were to collapse, it would drag most of West, a West Antarctica's ice with it. So it's critical to get a clearer picture of how the glacier will behave over the next 100 years. All right, 100 years. These niggas are saying 10 decades, a century. Very bold, very bold. Continuing on with this one from January. Well, literally from fucking yesterday, January 3rd. <clears throat> Uh, article by Ella Gilbert in the conversation. All right, and um, they're saying the massive Thwaites Glacier, West Antarctica, contains enough ice to raise global sea levels by 65 centimeters if it were to completely collapse. And run that back to uh, the previous article, and um, <clears throat> it can raise sea level by over two feet. And again, if it brings other glaciers with it, that two feet multiplies by five and becomes 10 feet adding the 65 uh, centimeters or uh, two feet to the global sea levels would be uh would be coastline changing amounts for context there's been around 20 centimeters of sea level rise since 1900 an amount that is already forcing coastal communities out of their homes and exacerbating environmental problems such as flooding, saltwater contamination, and habitat loss. But the worry is that Thwaites, sometimes called the Doomsday Glacier because of its keystone role in the region, might not be the only glacier to go. Ah, you gotta love updates. A month later, what do we got? Uh, were it to empty into the ocean, it could trigger a regional chain reaction and drag other nearby glaciers in with it, which would mean several meters of sea level rise. That's because the glaciers in West Antarctica are thought to be uh, vulnerable to a mechanism called the marine ice cliff instability. All right, and that goes back to, well, let's get back to that nerd in the previous article. Oh, these nerds and their fucking facts. Who was that? Ah, that was Ann Crawford. Ann Crawford and her team of fucking nerds that figured that one out. <clears throat> now, right now, sea level rise of several meters would inundate many of the world's major cities, including Shanghai, New York, Miami, Tokyo, and Mumbai. It would also cover a huge swaths of land in uh, coastal regions and largely uh, swallow up low-lying island nations like uh, Kiribati, uh, Tuvalu, and the Maldives. <laughs> All right. Now, and of course, they always note that it's as big as Britain. Um, Thwaites is a frozen river of ice approximately the size of Britain. It also contributes to about 4% of sea level rise. We've got that information. Now, they're saying 20 years ago, we looked at 30 years ago, since 2000, the glacier has had a net loss of more than 1,000 billion tons of ice. This has increased steadily over the last three decades, of course. Uh, the speed of its flow has doubled in 30 years, yes, meaning twice as much ice is being spewed into the ocean as the 1990s. What the fuck is a thousand billion? Do we even, do we even conceive of that number in my head? What is it, my frontal cortex? My shit can't conceive of that. A thousand billion tons of ice? Ah. <sighs> 
Uh, scientists have just confirmed that the ice shelf is becoming rapidly destabilized. The eastern ice shelf now has cracks crisscrossing at its surface and could collapse within, hey, 10 years, according to Aaron Petit. We noted Aaron Petit in the previous article, a glaciologist, a nerd at Oregon State University. This work supports research published in 2020, which also noted the development of cracks and crevices on the Thwaites ice shelf. These indicate that it is being structurally weakened. This damage can have a reinforcing feedback effect, a reinforcing feedback effect, a reinforcing feedback effect because cracking and fracturing can promote further weakening, priming the ice shelf for disintegration. If the Thwaites ice shelf did collapse, it would spell the beginning of the end for the glacier. Without its ice shelf, the Thwaites glacier would discharge all of its ice into the ocean over the following decade to centuries. All right, folks, we have an interesting story <laughs> uh, coming out of skip bop a flip bop a dibble do. If I can get over to my gosh darn Yahoo News link <clears throat> out of New Hampshire. All right. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and get a pop of populism with Jim Hightower. And then we will hop right the funk into that one. This special day got me to thinking about America's spirit of giving. And I don't mean this overdone business of Christmas gifts. I mean our true spirit of giving, giving of ourselves. Yes, we are a country of rugged individualists, yet there's also a deep community-minded streak in each of us. We're a people who believe in the notion that we're all in this together, that we can make our individual lives better by contributing to the common good. The establishment media pay little attention to grassroots generosity, focusing instead on the occasional showy donation by what it calls philanthropists, big tycoons who give a little piece of their billions to some university or museum in exchange for getting a building named after them. But in my mind, the real philanthropists are the millions of you ordinary folks who have precious little money to give but consistently give of themselves and do it without demanding that their name be engraved on a granite wall. My own daddy, rest his soul, was a fine example of this. With half a dozen other guys in Denison, Texas, he started the Little League baseball program, volunteering to build the park, sponsor and coach the teams, run the squawking PA system, etc., etc. Even after I graduated from Little League, daddy stayed working at it because his involvement was not merely for his own kids, but for all. He felt the same way about being taxed to build a public library in town. I don't recall him ever going in that building, much less checking out a book, but he wanted it to be there for the community, and he was happy to pay his part. Not that he was a do-good liberal, for God's sake. Indeed, he called himself a conservative. This is Jim Hightower saying, My daddy didn't even know he had a political philosophy, but he did, and it's the best I've ever heard. He would often say to me, Everybody does better when everybody does better. If only Washington and Wall Street would begin practicing this true American philosophy. Hightower's commentaries are brought to you by the Hightower Lowdown, the monthly newsletter with Hightower's take on what Wall Street and Washington are up to. For information, visit HightowerLowdown.org. 
Yes, queen! Go off, girl boss! Pussy hat slay! My proctologist is never gonna believe I didn't do this to myself! I am the hip-hop socialist. <laughs> okay. Alright, figgity folks. Let's see what we have here, old partnerinos. All right, and um, again, there is podcast audio, but fuck the damn, it's 2022. I'm back to video. Um, I will upload the motherfucker to YouTube, Black Podcast on uh, YouTube. Should be changing everything to Wine Cellar Media. And you know what? You might already be following on YouTube anyway. It's pretty much a very tight-knit fucking audience. So you see the individual on screen. The individual on screen was hard to find. All right, um, because they go by Flanagan. All right, as opposed to um, the name that we uh, that we may know that we're going to get in this article here. And so Yahoo News, um, they pulled this article from the folks over there at uh, Business Insider uh, by Yelena Woo Disnava. That they're like I, I don't know where the ethnicity of this kind of spelling might come from. I don't know, but it's a. Uh, D-Z-H-A-N-O-V-A is our journalist. Yelena Dishanva? Yeah, nailed it. Blam. All right. So, a New Hampshire white woman told a nine-year-old black child that she would kneel on his neck for breaking her kid's toy has been convicted. All right. So, Christina Graper, or if you want to be more accurate, Flanagan, Christina Graper, a 51-year-old individual. And again, when you think 51-year-old, people be like, because I've been hearing this my whole fucking damn life. Got to wait for the old racist to die out. Wait for the old racist to die out. 30 years, you realize she's only like, yeah, she's one year older than Snoop Dogg. I know I use him as a cultural reference point a lot. <laughs> He's been around since 1991. She is one year older than him. Wait for the old racist to die out. And think about it, She's raising this unit of offspring. So Christina Graper, or Flanagan, if you want to be a little more accurate, um, the 51-year-old New Hampshire white woman has been convicted after telling a black child that she would kneel on his neck. Graper threatened the child after he accidentally broke a toy that belonged to her son. Interesting that Yahoo News has that up from Business Insider. Her son had pushed the child, causing the toy to break, according to a civil complaint. I that that it's according to the civil complaint, nigga. That's that's what happened, nigga. Stop playing with me. Five five centuries, nigga. So, a white woman from Dover. Again, Christina Flanagan, a white woman from Dover, New Hampshire, has been convicted by the state's Justice Department after she told a black child she'd kneel on his neck. And yeah, I'll say the obvious out loud. We, it's very clear she threatened to murder him, and it's very obvious that she was uh, referencing the George Floyd murder. Obvious. Very clear. All right. Uh, so, Christina Graper Flanagan, uh, 51 in May of last year, threatened the child, a nine-year-old uh, black boy, according to a release from the New Hampshire Department of Justice. 
she had also referred to the child using a racial slur. Uh, Christina Graper Flanagan became angry with the child after he accidentally broke her son's toy while playing in the neighborhood park, the release says. All right, interesting claim that they're making. And for folks looking at the video, yes, we have a couple of different shots. So just in case you're a black person out there in New Hampshire and you come across um, Christina Graper Flanagan, uh, you know to keep clear because white people threaten to murder and white people murder. So she's dangerous and keep your black children away from her. And if you're a black adult, you know what? Keep your black adult self away from her really if you can there we are Oop, my camera went down there for a second there we are i'm back on it all right back to the article a uh, civil complaint cited by the associated press says that uh graper's son had pushed the nine-year-old child who had as a result broken his son's foam missile foam when her son told um uh, uh, Graper Flanagan how that part of the toy broke uh, she went back to the park the Associated Repo uh, Press reported and threatened the child so she so little white boy went to go lie and then white woman came out to come threaten murder in the name of white boy's lie just like a white woman will lie to get a white man to come out and threaten or commit murder. Five centuries, folks. Leave plausible deniability in 2021. All right. Uh, the Strafford County Superior Court concluded that this conduct was motivated by the victim's race and had the purpose to terrorize or coerce the victim, the release reads. The court reached this conclusion after the defendant defaulted by not filing a response to the attorney general's complaint so like basically silently pleading guilty like yeah told that little nigger what the deal was i always do a southern accent i'm so tacky um the civil complaint says the child understood the comments to be a reference to the murder of george floyd last year yet black parents raise your black children to know what's going on Yes, that, that black child, he may actually live longer if he continues with this awareness and keeps this in his head. Right? Stay away, stay away from white liberals, black boy. They'll try to bring you too much irresponsible nuance. It's counterconstructive. I doubt he's listening to this. All right. Um, and so the court, they reached a conclusion. Uh, the civil complaint says the child understood the comments to be a reference to the murder of George Floyd. The Minneapolis police officer, Derek Chauvin, uh, who knelt on Floyd's neck last year for nearly nine minutes. All right. We all know that story. Now, as a result of Christina Graper, uh, Flanagan, if you're racist, <laughs> as a result of this behavior, the child does not want to play in the park anymore. Right now, there's logical fear there, fear of being murdered, but also the pragmatism, right? Like, why risk it, right? Why, why risk it? And I get that as an adult. There's shit that I just don't do, 
because fucking why risk it? Like, on some level, like out here where I live, I don't think I want to go jogging. Why risk it? The pigs are just going to pretend I'm running from something and shoot me in the back. No need. Why risk it? When you're black, it's just pragmatic and life, um, life extending to have less fun. If you're black, the less you enjoy your life, the more life you get to kind of enjoy a little bit. All right. So, um, uh, getting to the end of the article, Christina Graper or Miss Flanagan, if you're racist, must stay at least 250 feet away from the child and the child's family and received a $500 fine. If she violates the restraining order, she could face a heftier fine of up to $2,500 and potential jail time, according to the New Hampshire Department of Justice release. All right, folks. And we are looking at 6.11 in the a.m. And what do I have scheduled? This was uh, my Tuesday. Ah, Wednesday. We'll bring some comedy. I'm sure that today and yesterday's episodes may have been a little too fun. All right, I'm sure that far too much joy has brought to your heart. And I think I'll come back with some comedy come Wednesday morning. White on white crime. Which I'm pretty sure I planned on uh, broadcasting in the afternoon, evening. But here I am back in the fucking morning. Maybe that's just who the hell I am. All right, father muckers. Be as safe as possible wherever you are. Recording stopped. Yeah, recording stopped. Can I stop the live stream to Facebook too? Where is that? Oh, damn. Wow, where is that? I would very much like to stop the live stream. Okay, what if I just end the the Zoom meeting? Does that stop the live stream? I bet that stops it. 